now at Banana Republic Factory, save big with 50 to 70% off the entire store. Plus, take an extra 50% off clearance. Stock up on dresses and polos starting at $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Create Loud. My name is Cody Crab, and our other host is Rachel Robison. How's it going? It's going good. Rachel is vamping up to go to GDC Ooh. again, the Game Developers Conference. Are you excited? Yes, I'm so excited. It's crazy to think that it's like been a whole year since I've seen all the friends that I made there and stuff, but it's going to be really awesome. And I, I'm working there as a conference associate. So I'm, you know, one of those volunteers helping you find your session you're a you genius want to go for doing to. That. And I'll tell you what, it's it's been one of the most priceless networking opportunities ever because you've got all all categories of game development working this conference. And they actually like make a huge point to make sure you get to know as many CAs as you can because yeah, it's awesome. It's a really cool program. So if you're into video games at all and you're listening to this podcast, look into being a conference associate next year and let me know because I can recommend you. So you have to email us now. And this is year two, right? So you got some connections now. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's, it's been really cool to like legit make friends with, you know, like producer and programmer, you know, like actual friends with them because that's, we've talked about networking before and it's like, you know yeah make friends so that they'll want to work with you but it's seriously like i would love to work with these people because i know them and they know me and we get along and it's like they're they're going to be lifelong contacts in this industry so yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty stoked i really passionate about this kind of thing obviously but this is my it'll be my third gdc altogether and then second year volunteering so that's yes. so cool. I don't volunteer for anything because I'm stingy. That's not true at all. <laughs> you volunteer your <laughs> just, time doing this podcast. <laughs> no, I, I actually think it's a good, it's a really good use of your time because you probably end up with more connections just in general. Mm-hmm. And networking is one of those things that just, you know, can't, you can never network too much. Yeah, it's true. So and, that's really good. Yeah. And this, um, I mean, networking isn't what we're talking about today. Ironically, volunteering could easily segue into what we're talking about. That's true. But what I was going to say before we transition into that is um, volunteering for things is a really cool way to get involved in your whatever industry you want to pursue. That's true. Very few people will not accept free labor, (laughs) you know, even if you're completely inexperienced. Which reminds me, what are we talking about today? <laughs> oh, okay. glad you asked, Rachel. Hmm. Um, <laughs> we are talking point. about the age-old subject, money. Oh, dun-dun-dun. Yes, but it's the good kind because it's the getting of the money instead of the spending of the money, Yeah, that's which the, is good. That's the best kind. That's the best kind. Getting the money. And, <laughs> you know, we, I, we decided to talk about this because my situation has recently changed. Um, I went from a full-time job, 40 hours a week, 9 to 5, to freelancing full-time. 
So oh, man. Um, obviously my money situation has changed quite a bit as well. Not necessarily the amounts, but kind of how it comes in and what, what I expect and things like that. So we want to talk about that today. So that's what we're going to do starting right now. So I wanted to talk to you about something called the race to the bottom. And I think it's really important for anyone that does something creative, especially someone that does like art and, you know, is selling things like that. The race to the bottom is a, it's a state where like competition tries to undercut each other by sacrificing like quality or uh, paying low wages or, um, you know, and in some cases it can be like safety or you know, be doing stuff under the table, like under regulations and stuff like that. And the reason I think it's so important to talk about is because that sacrifices the quality of art as a whole. So clients don't necessarily know what they're getting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them might, but if you're doing a painting for somebody, they might not know quality as well as you might. So it's a big problem is that people starting out in the field will do stuff for free or for very, very cheap. People will go to those people because of the cost. And then the quality of what they get will suffer. And then it just continues because then they, then they look at people who charge a reasonable amount for the same thing. And it, it looks insane. It looks way like way too much. I couldn't ever pay that much for that. Yeah. Like I I paid this other guy $20 for that and this guy wants 2000. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So it creates this huge problem that is hurting it hurts everybody, really. It even hurts the person that was asked about what their rate was and they said $20. That hurts them way more because they could have gotten paid a way better rate, you know. Yeah. Have you have you had any experience with this? Have you ever been undercut or have you ever been told your rate is too high or something like that? Um, sometimes, especially with like piano teaching, because I, that's, um, kind of my main gig right now. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm looking for more students, like sometimes I have the moment where I'm like kind of flinching as I send a quote, cause I'm like, oh, that's going to be way too much. But, and then they're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I'm glad I suggested that. But then other times... And it makes me go, oh, I wish I'd have said something higher. I but know. they would have said yes. Seriously, yeah. But, I mean, there's other times when they're like, you know, when they say that it's too much. Like, what I, what I charge for lessons. And that's... That happens a lot um, in the piano teaching world. Just because, you know, Sally's piano teacher up down the street, you know, she charges way less. And she does this right, and that. Right. And... So that's that's the tough thing. Like you, you definitely do get compared to other rates. I mean, if if my clients are anything like me, I'm a bargain shopper. You know, yep. I'm gonna find what's gonna cost me the least amount of money for what I want, the quality that I want, and I'm not all that willing to splurge on something. Yeah, I can't even really blame this, blame the people like the clients for having yeah. this problem. Like it, yeah. I can't even be upset because I I kind of understand that. If, if someone's looking for music and they don't know what's good and what's bad and they come to me and I say, I'll do it for $20 and I'll whip something out in 20 minutes, then, you know, as far as they know, a lot of times that was fine and they don't, you know, they can't tell, but other people can tell. And it's, it kind of hurts the quality as a whole 
to charge kind of those amounts. You know, I actually heard a quote that changed my life, and you're about to hear it. Are you ready for this? So ready. Let's hear it. This is this literally made me change everything about how I like charged and everything like that. The clients that pay you the least amount of money will be the biggest pains in the neck. Hmm. And the the opposite is also true. And I've noticed, I've actually noticed that in my in my work. Like every time someone's paying me, a, I get a really good deal. Every time that happens, I feel like they're the easiest clients to work with. Every time. I don't know if it's because they feel like they're doing me a favor or something. Or I don't know mm. what causes that exactly. But that is a good lesson. If someone's trying, if you're trying to just do something for a little bit of cash, chances are they're going to end up being kind of a pain in the butt because they get, they feel entitled because you'd said, oh, I'll do it for $5, you know, <laughs> and that's never going to be a good situation. Yeah. Well, what about you do have the clients that are like, I'm paying such a high amount of money. Like I should be able, like, there's an entitlement with, with paying a large price too. Isn't there? You know, maybe there is, but I've never experienced that. Hmm. And so I don't know if that just doesn't exist or if I just don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I do tend to, and you know, maybe it's on our side. Maybe someone's paying us so much that we feel like we owe them to, to do that we're stuff We're desperate enough for the, the money that we're just kind of willing to comply or even like grateful, like I'm so glad oh, that they yeah. paid me this much money, and I want to I want to return the favor by doing a super good job, and so we get less complaints. But honestly, I, I don't think I work super way harder for someone that pays me way more. Like I don't think I've ever really been that way. Maybe a little bit, but not like enough to be noticed or something. I don't know. Hmm. It's an interesting topic for sure because I think that's something that a lot of people think that if they charge less, then they can just hurry and whip something out and it'll be better. For, for their situation or whatever, or they can do a worse job and it's not as big of a deal. But those clients that are willing to pay that much, they, they don't know what they're getting. And so they're going to be, they're going to constantly have revisions for you and want to do stuff different. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a, that's a huge thing that I've seen in the, in the music community, particularly for commission. Yeah. Well, what about, um, like, is it better to only accept clients from a higher rate or to just take whatever you can i mean i guess it depends on how much you need the money but like what do you think i think there's something to be said for either side because like if you have one client that's paying you a thousand dollars you can work on that for as long as you need to and not have to worry about the other clients but if you have 20 clients that are paying you you know fifty dollars it's the same amount of money, but it's 20 different projects. So even if there's one project that's, that's really sure. hard or that's really time consuming or something, I think there's something to be said for kind of consolidating everything into one piece and just doing, a, doing one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. If you don't, you know, stoop down to lower prices than you're worth just because you're, you know, desperate for a job, then you'll have more time on your schedule for the higher paying one. Exactly. And they may not come around as often, but they don't have to because they pay more. So that's been my experiences. I've I've actually said no a lot recently, like in the last little while. And I've just learned because I used to be like, oh, that's money. I could actually I could use that. Like that's real money that I could spend. But I've started to realize that's too much of a pain. It's not worth it. 
Yeah, I mean, I've kind of noticed that too. Like, that's I'm I'm in that boat right now a little bit, just because like, like like I said, um, teaching piano is kind of like my only stream of income between my husband and I, and I'm wanting to like. There's we got a lot of stuff to pay for, you know, like adulting, life, all that stuff, and it's like I'm trying to find more piano students, and I've been asking myself like do I want like a ton more students and just take what I can get or do I want to be diligent and stick with my with my charging rate that I have set um as you know my standard and not going lower than that do you feel like your the rate you've chosen is like a good like that's a that's on the high side average side low side what do you think considering how long I've been teaching and and all that stuff. I think the rate that I charge now is good enough. Like I I could probably bump it up, but like I I factor in things, you know, like if they come to my apartment, then you know, they're paying for a piano lesson on my electric keyboard. Yeah, they're renting the equipment. Yeah, like they're, you know, but I mean at the same time it's not like a grand piano. I don't know if there's a huge difference, like if people have a preference with that, but you know, like I kind of factor in what I'm pricing here, but the prices that I charge now is what I feel is worth my time. That's so, that's so good. And I feel like you kind of don't know that right away. I think it's hard to really nail down what a good rate is for a long time. You have to sit down. It took me a long time. Yeah. And you know, it, it took me like sitting down budgeting you know and being like okay this is what i need to be paying for regardless if you live with anybody or not like look at your you know your bills or whatever and stuff that you want and need to pay for and be like okay yeah how much do i need to be making this yeah how many in my case how many students do i need at this rate to be able to do this and you know like yeah and also is it realistic to find you know 20 clients in a month like can you do that physically is that a possibility look at your past track record and see kind of what have you done in the past what what would be possible and i think you know even if if you go oh but that means i'd only have to have three clients yeah exactly (laughs) that's only three (laughs) yeah if your if your rate's high enough that you can really spend the time on individual clients you can raise your rate again like Mm -hmm. because your time is going to be more valuable because you're spending time and, you know yeah and the more you do it the more experienced you'll be which means you can charge more exactly well and rachel like uh, that is perfect perfect example you said you teach in kind of a non-conventional method and you know if it turns out to be really working well and people give you some really good reviews you can be like oh well i do this unconventional rachel tm method you know that's like my thing and then you could theoretically charge more for people to take your special method, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of things you have to factor in, and there's no way we can really advise you on exactly what to do. Yeah. Because just... we are such a broad podcast, you know? We're just giving you the motivation to sit down and actually do it. Like, break out your your budget book and be like, hey, let's make this happen, you know? I agree. Like, yeah. um, little disclaimer, it's not my, my method teaching piano but it's a pretty cool method well you know what it is now rachel robison tm <gasps> oh no okay well the robert the, Ro- the robison tm method the robison tm method 
Oh no, the Robinson method TM. That's oh, I oh okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, like. Sell your brand, Rachel. Come on. Oh, I would sell it if it was my brand. <laughs> That's the problem. So, <laughs> um, I was also going to say. I mean, once you find that rate that you're comfortable with and that you feel works for you and what you need, stick with it. You know, because a, a problem that I have is, I mean, when you teach piano, it's really easy to teach your friend's kid, you know, which means it's harder to give them your actual rate because that's it's, true. Your, it's your family friend, you know, and like that's, I have like a couple students that I, I'm in that pickle with. And I mean, I could probably raise the rates and they'd understand if I, you know, explained to them. But so first of all, don't be afraid of doing that, like raising your rates, even if you know the people really well. But anyway, like, you know, in my experience, every time I've done that with someone that I'm like really good friends with or something like that, they are like, sweet. Yeah. Like, I yeah. want to support you. Yeah. Like I have good friends. Maybe I just have good friends. <laughs> you do have great friends. But, you know, like yeah. the, the worst they could say is that doesn't work for me. And then you can fill that spot with someone that's actually going to pay the rate that you want. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe a good strategy for that would be, you know, I'll keep this rate for X amount of time. Mm hmm. Um, and so if you want to find a new teacher, that's totally fine. If you want to stay with me until then and then drop me, that's also totally fine. Um, but just tell them kind of, I don't think that's unreasonable yeah. to say, you know, I'll keep this rate for six more months and then we got to, you know, I got to actually raise the rates. And most of the time, if you give them that much notice, I bet you they would be okay with it. Yeah. So don't, don't be afraid to do that. Cause I, like, I don't, I haven't done that yet just because I'm fine. Like, I have the yeah. room in my schedule to just, you know, add more piano students at my higher rate, you know, so it's Well, it's and that's fine. such a personal thing, too, because, like, I don't know if I would do that, but that's just me. I mean, I'm, everyone's different. It's preference, for sure. So, so yeah, just um, keep that in mind, you know, to just kind of stick with what you want, because especially if you're freelancing and stuff, like, you're literally the boss. Like, you're the one that sets the prices and stuff, and so, mm -hmm. like, you... You get to be the one that is like, you know, this is worth my time. It's not worth my time. Think about this. Literally nothing is stopping you if you're a freelancer. Literally nothing is stopping you from saying, I'm going to charge you $10 more and have an extra $10 bill in your pocket. Yeah. Like, think about that. Seriously, think about that. Or 100 or more. You know, it's, it's literally your choice to charge what you yeah. charge. And if you're hesitating, then I bet you it's because, oh, what are they going to say? Yep. I've told, I actually think I challenged people one time recently on a recent sh episode to just charge m like way more than they would think they would accept. Let's see what happens. Not like a $10,000 maybe, right. but like, you know, if you, if you normally charge a hundred, try charging like 350 or 400 and see what they say. Cause I think you'd be amazed at how many people would actually say yes to that. Yeah. Seriously. What you offer is valuable. There's a reason that we're artists because there's an art to doing what we do and not anyone can do it. And so keep that in mind. If someone needs to pay for something, they should be paying a rate that will support you. That's the mm -hmm. whole point of doing something for a living or at least to, you know, pay for itself or to have a little extra pocket money. There's everyone yeah. has a different reason. Yeah. Even if you um, prefer to just follow Cody's advice from a while ago or, you know, the least you can charge as dinner for me and my significant other or whatever. Like if that's worth it to you, that's cool too. Totally. Yeah. 
There's a lot of things I would do for free. Do you know how many times I've been in like a community theater musical <laughs> where I end up spending way more on like gas and like own person my own personal items to like do have it for the show, you know? Like there I, there are certain things that I'm willing to just do. Yeah, there's things I would but, pay to do, but you know. Right, exactly. What the point is do what works for you. Do what is worth it in your eyes. Charge what's going to be worth your time, your sanity, your everything you know yeah i love that i do too um on a side a little bit of a side note um i just want to put the disclaimer that i usually put out there which is that if you have to keep a day job and stuff that doesn't make you any less of an artist of course i hope people like you know realize that and remember that especially when we're talking about like how to how to make ends meet, you know, as a creative, because that's that's kind of what what we're here for. But we're also we also see the the creatives that just want to do their their thing. They don't want to do it as a full time job, and yeah. you know, like that's it. It doesn't um it doesn't define your success. Well, here's all. a funny thing. So even if you do it as a living, you know, there's doing it there's doing it for like the man. And then there's doing it for like yourself sometimes. Like if someone's an artist, maybe publishing work under their own name would be what they want to do. And what they don't want to do is go do art missions. For, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's that version of that. Think about Leonardo da Vinci, right? Amazing, incredible artist. Got hired to paint the Sistine Chapel, right? Yeah. And he didn't, he actually did, was like, eh. <laughs> hmm. but he did, but he did it. And you know, it's it's not for everybody to do art for a living. Some people literally just hate it. Like I know people that are like, I literally yeah. just want to do this for for fun because I like it. Yeah, and that's fine. Those same people, they also spend money to do their hobby. Why not pay? Why not let it pay for itself? You know, I'm not saying you have to charge a million dollars, but like, you know, know your worth. Yeah. So yeah, think about it. So just, gosh dang it, just. Do <laughs> do what works diddly for darn. you. Diddly darn golly gee whiz. Just do what you want to do. Rachel, watch your mouth. This is a family oh, podcast. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I got a little ahead of myself You know, there. also, we want to continue this conversation. Don't watch your mouth there. Um, <gasps> we we want to, especially if it's diddly darn, because, yeah. Uh, we want to continue this conversation. So reach out to us on Facebook. Um, go ahead and like us there and also join our group, Creators Connect by Create Loud. And we'll be talking about this there. It's a party. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, we seriously do want to know like what your guys's, your guys's, okay. We seriously want to know what passions you're pursuing and what your what your art is, what it looks like. so Or your business. If it's not an art, yeah. if you're starting a business or something, yeah, we want to know about that. Yeah, so tell us about it, and we'll seriously talk about making it work, you know? Yeah. If you have some questions about running a business or by, uh, how to start or what to charge or something like that, let the community help you out. That's what it's there for. We got for. your back. Yep, exactly. So just, yeah, we're super stoked when people actually do post in the group and talk about you know things they're trying to figure out and everything so a uh, huge thanks to people that do that and and our listeners and all that stuff so thanks for doing that 
Keep it up. Yeah. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Grant. (laughs) Well, this is a good place to stop. Exactly. So until next week. We'll see ya. (laughs) 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 Wow. I think we should. That was so bad that I think we should do it again. Okay, fine. (laughs) But But until then, see you next week. Keep on creating. And done. Right now at Banana Republic Factory, save big with 50 to 70% off the entire store. Plus, take an extra 50% off clearance. Stock up on dresses and polos starting at $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Can your fixed income stand the test of time? Markets change, but the role of fixed income shouldn't. That's why for more than 40 years, MFS has stayed true to our traditional approach. We call it Essential Fixed Income. Find out more at MFS.com slash fixed income.